Hey everybody, this is Lucas from Coastal Vineyard. Just wanted to say thank you for downloading this podcast or maybe picking up a CD after service. We love you and we are praying for you. We believe that your best days are yet to come. So expect the best. We hope that this message inspires you and moves your faith into action. So sit back and enjoy. Men in this room for the next couple minutes. Today, we celebrate. Today, we turn the TV up way too loud. Today, the remote control is ours and you can't touch it. Today, there is no Aladdin and Genie and all that stuff. Today is all ESPN all the time. Today is our day. No Dora the Explorer, no Power Rangers, no Ninja Turtles. Today is our day. Today, your to-do list goes bye-bye. We are not fixing any leaky pipes. We are not fixing that squeaky door. All of that good stuff, it can wait for another day. Today, we wear whatever clothes we want to wear. And we don't care that our socks don't match. We don't care that our t-shirt has holes in it or big stains on it. We don't care that we've been wearing the same boxer shorts for 10 years now. We like them, and they're comfortable, and so we are going to wear them. Today, we eat whatever we want. Today, we will eat abundant amount of meat, things that we're breathing at one time, beef and pork and chicken and all of these good things, and we want it all wrapped in bacon, by the way. (laughs) We will drink straight out the carton. We will eat straight out the pot. We will do this, and there will be no greens on our plate at all. There will be no salad. There will be no honey vinaigrettes or any of your fat-free stuff. Listen, if we can't dip it in cheese, we don't want it, okay? (laughs) Today, the fish was this big. Today, the deer was a 1,000 yards away and one shot, and you have to believe us. Today... We pick what radio station we listen to. Today, we park in the garage. Because today is Father's Day. Now, we recognize tomorrow we will be watching cartoons, listening to Dora, eating vegetable salads, wearing collared shirts, and using silverware. But that's not today. That's another day. Today is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, guys. Is there a new dad in the room? Is there somebody, this is their first Father's Day? Nobody? Okay, this is my second Father's Day, so I guess I'm the newer dad of the bunch, but it's amazing. It's a blast being a father. Uh, This morning for Father's Day, I would like to talk to you about four awesome dads. Um, I am not uh, just going to read from the scriptures this morning, so I'm just going to give you the chapter that they're in. So if you're taking notes, you might want to just write down that chapter at the beginning of each guy, uh, and then maybe read that later. Um, but we are going to talk about four fathers. Not Abraham Lincoln forefathers, but four fathers. What it is to be, and we're kind of going to redefine what it is to be a superhero. We're going to look at the biblical Superhero and ladies, you can take this for you as well. If you're if you don't have kids, if you uh, it doesn't matter. This will really apply to everyone. So uh, just for today's sake, inside of context, I'm going to use the masculine tone and talk about man. But please, ladies, uh, guys, take it as you will. So four great guys from the Bible. 
First one, probably the most popular dad of all times, and that would be Father Abraham. Because you know what? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. And I'm one of them. And guess what? So are you. We all are part of this journey of Father Abraham. And Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, is this guy that God speaks to, and he gives a promise. And he says, if you'll do this, this is what will happen. If you will get out from this land, if you will move and you will go to a land that I will show you, through you all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. Your children, your children's children, all them children, us sitting in this room will be blessed because of what? Because of the act of Abraham. And what was it? It was a step of faith. It was a step of faith for Abraham to go out and to move and listen to God and do what he said to do. See, this is a characteristic that all great men could have. We can be men of faith. You could be a man, you could be a woman of faith. Get out and move when God says move. And just a few weeks ago, we talked about in Hebrews 11, where there's this list of all of these wonderful accomplishments and, and how they conquered cities and how they shut the mouths of lions and all of these things that happened. And it says that they did it all what? Through faith. See, faith is the hallmark of a great life, of being a great father, a great husband, a great wife, a great daughter, a great son. Faith. Faith is spelt like this. R-I-S-K. Faith. See, faith is spelt risk. It takes stepping out. It goes into that unknown and saying, you know what, God, I, I don't have all of my dots lined up, but I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm just going to do the best I can to follow you. I'm going to be a man or a woman of faith. Um, quite a few years ago, I'm surfing uh, on the island of Bali, and it is some of the best surf in the entire world. And I show up on a day at this one particular uh, beach break. It's a pretty well-known, famous break. You see it a lot in Surfer Magazine. And they're having a contest that day, rip curl contest. And there's a bunch of pros in the water. And then there's all the, the groms out there, all the, the, the little kids learning how to surf. And, but I'm noticing everyone's kind of surfing the inside break. And on the outside break, there's this huge, huge wave. And, and it's probably about about 15 feet that day. So imagine about the center point of this building is about 15 feet. And the waves are that big on the outside. And there's just a few guys surfing it. So I'm thinking to myself, man, all these guys are on the inside. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for the outside. And uh, I paddle out there. And I get out there. And I'm just, it's just a few guys here in the, in the lineup. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be the best wave ever. So they come, and that first one comes, and when you're surfing, there's this moment where the wave kind of picks you up, and then you're looking down. And so I'm looking down, I'm like, wow, 15 feet. It it looks more like 50, you know. And I think to myself, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I jump up, and I start surfing, and then all of a sudden there's a bump in the wave, and my board catches it, and I straight Superman. And so (laughs) in my mind, all I'm thinking, this is going to be the cover of Surfer Magazine. Just, ah! surfboard beside me. I'm flying through the air. I nail the ground. Boom, wave after wave just starts tumbling me. And I get held under the water. And I'm under the water for probably about 45 seconds. And 45 seconds is a long time. I mean, quick, hold your breath. 
I don't know what that was, like eight seconds or something. <laughs> but 45 seconds is way longer than that. And so I'm down there, and I'm getting plummeled, and I finally make it up, and my New Zealand buddy that was with me, he had caught the wave before. He broke his board in half. He was already back on the beach. So I'm paddling back in. Luckily, somehow my board didn't get break. And I, and I just go over. I'm kind of like, man, just kind of feeling like, ah, that was, that was terrible. And I get back to the shore break. And I'm right there, and all these pros are in the water. And I'm just kind of like feeling like, man, I just, just totally, you know, they're going to make fun of me. And uh, next thing I know, this one pro goes, and he catches the wave, and he is deep inside the barrel. He's probably like 10 feet, and I'm just on the other edge, so I'm seeing him coming towards me, and I'm just like, yeah, and right, right when I kind of cheer him on, his rail catches, and he just, and he's like 360 inside the wave, and he just gets plummeted, and so I, I go back out, and I'm sitting there, and he paddles up to me, and uh, he had seen my wipe out, and then I'd just seen his, and he looks at me, and he's just like, It happens. And I just got to, I got thinking to myself, you know what? That's kind of like faith. You know, faith isn't this thing where everything goes right all the time. But faith happens when everything goes wrong, how do we react to it? See, the Bible tells us that the righteous man, what he could fall seven times, but what does he do? He gets back up. See, we could, we could have setbacks in life, and things could kind of throw, throw us a different way, throw us a curveball, but the righteous man gets back up. It's this kind of faith. It's this faith like Rocky that says, you know what? No matter how many times you punch me, no matter times, how many times I hit the ground, I'm getting back up. You know, no, no matter what tries to throw my way, I am getting back up. See, faith isn't just this kind of notion that everything goes right, but it's what we do when everything goes wrong do we just give up do we just fall apart and see abraham steps out in faith his vision was what his vision was just get out from this place where to a land that i'll show you and see sometimes god doesn't give all the details he doesn't give all the abc sometimes it takes a step of faith to be a real superhero to be a real man of god to be a real awesome father, husband, it takes faith. Is there something that maybe God has been speaking to you and you haven't stepped out? You haven't moved in that thing that he has been telling you to do. It takes faith. Now there's another man in the Bible and his name is Hosea. Matter of fact, there's a whole book on Hosea. And Hosea's story is really interesting because everything that happens to this guy with Hosea is a type and a shadow of everything that's happening to, uh, with the Lord and his church. And so right there at the beginning in chapters 1, 2, and 3, uh, God speaks to Hosea and he says, I want you to go out and I want you to marry a harlot. In which, if I was Hosea, I was thinking, let's, you know, let's pray about this for a little while, God. Are you sure that this is your plan for me? You know? And he said, go out and marry this harlot. He says, because this is kind of like the church. I mean, this is kind of like my children. And we're like, what? And so the story continues where he goes and he marries this woman. Her name is uh, Gomer. And it's not long before this lady goes out 
and she just couldn't stop playing the harlot. She kept going, and the Bible tells us that she began to try to embrace other lovers, and she was looking for them to fulfill her with things like oil and fine linens and all of these other things. But she comes to this point where she realizes all those things that she's looking for in other lovers, she's still empty, so she goes back to her husband. And remember, this is a picture of God in his church. And he's saying, this is what it's like. He's saying, my kids, you know, I just love you so much. And yet you keep playing this harlot. You still keep going and having other gods before you, not me. And so there's this idea that everything that Jose is doing is this picture with God. And there's this reality that real men are faithful. Biblical heroes are faithful. See, they're faithful not just when it's easy, but they're faithful when it's hard. They're faithful when their wife is going out and cheating on them. See, they're faithful when everyone else breaks their word, but they hold their bond. See, I I love it when I hear the stories of older gentlemen when they tell, and we've all heard these stories at one point where, man, it it just used to be your word, and your word was your bond, and if you said you were going to do something, you did it. And there was no contract. You just shook hands because you knew that your word was your bond. And see, now we kind of live in a day where it's kind of like, eh, if they say yes, that could mean no. If they say no, that could mean yes. We have no idea. Will they show up? Will they be faithful? It's kind of like this juggling act. Well, maybe. And see, there's this idea that Hosea was faithful. As men, we can be faithful even when everything else isn't faithful. See, what amazes me is what we can become faithful to. We can become faithful to things that are really secondary. See, we become faithful to things like clothing lines. Oh, we have our favorite clothing person, so we we wear their types of clothes. Or we become faithful to either Coke or Pepsi. Or we become faithful to, there's all the Mac people in the room, and then there's all the PC people. And then, no, we are faithful. We are diehard to the end. And then we're faithful to surf shops, and I I know I am. Um, actually just not too long ago, me and my buddy Adam were going to the beach and he said, Hey, can we stop into the surf shop? I need to get a rash guard. Sure. No problem. I pull up to the surf shop at Ocean Isle. They didn't have what he needed. And so he's like, well, let's stop at the, the Eagles place. And I'm just like, Ooh, (laughs) like, can you jump out the car at 45? You know? It's just not, but I did it. I stopped. And just walking in the store, I'm like, I just felt unfaithful. I'm like, this just isn't right. Surfers don't do this. We don't go into eagle shops. Like, you know, and if you're a tourist here, like, that's not a surf shop. You know, it's, it's just not. But we can become faithful. To this thing. And then don't get me started with you coffee people. You guys, you see a Starbucks, you'll drive like 12 miles out of your way to buy a $7 cup of coffee. Like, seriously, that's, that's like crackhead tendencies. You know what I mean? There, would be, there should be interventions for you guys. Like, I'm serious. You know what I'm talking about. But we can become faithful to these wrong things. And God's saying, I want you to be faithful to me. God's saying, be faithful to me like you're faithful to that surf shop. Be faithful to me like you're faithful to that cup of coffee. Men, we can be faithful. We can be heroes that are committed Heroes that show up every day. Heroes that put in the work when everybody else sleeps. Heroes that do what they say they're going to do even when it costs you. Heroes that finish the job. Heroes that are committed to the right things. Heroes that are faithful to God. 
There's another man in the Bible. His name is Job. He is widely known as all of the suffering that he has gone through, all of the pain that he endures. And as a matter of fact, almost all of the book is dedicated to this conversation between him and his friends and them just trying to point out that Job has done these things wrong to deserve the consequences that he's now facing. But what's interesting is how the book of Job starts. The book, jo- book of Job starts, and it says that there was this certain routine that his family would go through. See, his sons and his daughters would have these parties. And when they did, they would gather at each other's house, and they would, they would, they would just enjoy the food and all these things. But then their dad, Job, would then go, and he would pray for his kids. Because he would say, the Bible says that maybe one of my kids has sinned, and they don't know it, so I am going to pray for them. See, real dads pray. Real dads learn how to pray. Um, but here's what's amazing about Job's story is all of these things begin to happen to him. And I actually want to read this for you too. Uh, don't open with me. Just, just kind of listen to some of the words. Now there was this day when the sons and daughters were eating and drinking the wine in their older brother's house. And this messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the, don- the donkeys were right beside them. And then these raiders came in, and they took them all. They killed your servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone escaped to tell you. Now, while he was still speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell down from heaven, burned up the sheep and and the servants, and consumed them, and I alone have come to tell you. Now, while he was still speaking, another came and said, This other group formed a band, and they raided our camels, and they took away, yes, they, they took away everything. Yes, they even killed your servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, while he was still speaking, now this is a bad couple minutes for Job. While he was still speaking, another also came, and now he said this, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking in their oldest brother's house, And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the corners of the house, and it fell on the young people. They are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Now here is what is amazing. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and he worshipped. He didn't do any of these things whenever he lost the sheep whenever he lost the cows and the donkeys and the servants, but when he messed with his kids, he said, that's it. He tore his robe, he fell on the ground, and he worshiped. And he said, God, here is my heart. He began to pour out this prayer to God and this life to God. He said, you know what? All of this other stuff doesn't matter. All of the sheep and the cows and, and houses and cars and boats and all these things and the jobs, but when you mess with my kids, oh man, this reaction comes out of the Job, and he begins to just worship and he begins to pray. Real men learn how to pray. Superheroes learn how to pray. Now, here's the thing about prayer. Prayer does not guarantee that everything is going to go right. But what prayer does, it brings a peace all the time. It brings a peace, and it brings this realization that all the control that you think you had, you really never had. there's this moment in prayer where you realize you are God and I am not. And everything I thought I had under control, it was all an illusion. And so God, I throw myself at your feet. 
and all that. And see, Job did this in the good times and the bad. He was praying for his kids when they were partying and eating, and then he was praying for his kids when the house fell on top of them. See, he's praying for his kids, good times, bad. How many times do we develop a prayer life only when things go bad? See, to be a real superhero man, you've got to learn to pray not just when things go wrong, but you've got to learn to pray when things are right. You've got to learn to pray when things are going good because that's when you really need it. There's this quote that I heard once, and, and I can't remember who said it, but he said this, you, let me get it right, you cross the bridges before you get to them. You cross your bridges before you get to them. See, prayer is one of those things where it helps us cross this bridge before we get to it. Before these things in life where, where life throws us different curveballs, we've already been there. And like Job, we could fall down and worship and say, God, everything is yours. I'm just a steward. See, it's not enough for us to just pray for our marriage when our marriage gets in trouble. We've got to pray when everything's going right. It's not enough to just pray whenever our get, kids get hooked on drugs. We've got to pray for them when they're doing good. See, my daughter, um, whenever she's whining and crying, I know everything's good. It's when she gets quiet. <laughs> it's like, hold on a second. Something's not right in the house. It's when everything seems good that we really need to hit our knees and pray to God. God, I need you. Here's the reality. We live where a lot of us are praying for these things, and the second we get them, we're gone. I know so many couples that for years they prayed for, to have kids, and then they had kids. You never see them again. They don't know who God is anymore. Next thing you know, they're, they're, they're splitting up. The house is a mess because for so long all it was was about having these kids. I know single people that, man, if for so long it was just, if I could just find that mate, that husband, that wife, and then they find somebody, and then they're gone. There's no more prayer. There's no more fasting. There's no more seeking God. God has become secondary. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever done that? Have you ever found yourself in a financial situation, and then God drops blessings on you? No need for prayer anymore. Everything's all good, and we just vanish. We've got to learn to cross our bridges before we get to them. We have to pay the cost up front. We love to kind of live on credit, even spiritually. We love to have our prayers on credit. We love to do all these things and say, well, one day we'll get there instead of paying the the cost up front. Here's the reality. You're going to pay one way or the other, now or later. Let me tell you, it's way better to pay up front. It's way better to pay up front with everything. A real man is faithful. A real man has faith. A real man learns to pray. And last, our fourth father, God. And for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. See, there is this reality that God, there is, a, there is a giving involved, there is a sacrifice involved, there is love involved. Real men learn how to love. 
And that love is always sacrificial. That love is always putting others first. That love is paying the price. For our Father in heaven gave himself for us. For God so loved us. And here's the thing. I love when he did it. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, real men love no matter what. No matter what you've been through. No matter what you're doing. No matter what you've done. Real men love anyway. Real men put everything aside and say, you know what? I still give of myself. It doesn't matter where you've been. If you're like that prodigal son, or whether it's like Jose and Gomer, whether you've played the harlot time and time again, just come back home. Here's the reality too, though, man. We could be the best dads in the world. And yet our kids can still make really, really bad choices. See, God put Adam in absolute perfection. He was in the garden, everything was wonderful, and he still messed up. They're still going to have to make their own choices, just like we all did. But no matter what, knowing that we will be there for them, knowing that we will love and we will give ourselves, even in the midst of their mess, that dad's love remains. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures. Love never, ever fails. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. You see, I think with, with the exception of God, there are no perfect fathers. As I was getting ready this week, I just began to read uh, some of these men of the Bible, and a lot of them had really huge character defects. You know, Abraham, it's not long till we find him lying about different things. Noah's getting drunk. David's uh, cheating. David's sending people off to get killed. I mean, there's, uh, there's all of these character flaws, but there's these things that bring them back together. And there's this idea of that superheroes, superhero dads, biblical heroes have these things in common. They are men of faith. They are men that are faithful. They are men that learn how to pray, and they are men that love greatly. We can be those men. I'm going to ask the band to play that song um, that we sang, uh, Oh, How He Loves Us. Oh, How He Loves Us. Um, see, but before I do that, let's just, just pray for a minute. Maybe there is a man here in this room there's a father, a son, and you've thought to yourself, man, I just can't get it right, or I just don't have all the right talents. Here are four things that you can get right. You can be a man of faith. You could be faithful. You could pray for your family. You could pray for your wife and your kids, and you could love them greatly. You don't have to have any type of special talent to do these things. You don't have to have a special gift or be selected. You can do it. 
today is a brand new day. It's a brand new chance to be a man of faith, to be faithful, to love greatly, to learn to pray. Good times and the bad. So may you find God and may you run into his arms this morning and may you find yourself embraced by that perfect father that while you were yet a sinner he died for you and he loves you greatly and while you played the harlot time and time again he welcomes you back into his home with his arms wide embraced saying come home Come back to your father. Because oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Please stand with me as we sing one more time. jealous for me He loves like a hurricane and I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy And all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me And And I I